Hello, Stephen. Hello, Erica. We're back. It's been a while again. <clears throat> that We're lazy. We're lazy, but we've been doing other stuff, like other podcasts, like Wine Own Herb. Herb Chirp is like, mm-hmm. you had to do a lot of catching up in order to meet the season three premiere last Friday. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's right. I started another podcast on the Incomparable Network. So if you uh, are a fan of Wine Own Herb, do check out Herb Chirp. Because, yeah, that has, has taken up a lot of my podcasting time because we had to watch watch and uh, podcast about two entire seasons of a TV show before season three uh, premiered last week. So, yep. And VAM, too. Value-added material, for those who don't know. Mm-hmm. Yes, VAM is actually a Doctor Who uh, term. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, yes, we've been watching the uh, the Inside Wine on Earp little extras for incomparable members. So, it's been really fun, but yeah, it has taken a little bit of time away from from the Doctor Who. So, I'm glad that we have have gotten back to it with episode 1 of The Enemy of the World. Yes, where Doctor Who travels to the futuristic space year of 2018 where they meet a world dictator with a ridiculous accent and a fake tan and mm-hmm. who's trying to take over the entire world. <laughs> hmm. I like it when Doctor Who's prophetic. It's been so long since... I don't! (laughs) It's been so long since we recorded an episode, Canada Day, as you recall, when we did all of the Ice Warriors, that I can't remember if I said at the end of the Canada Day episode, episode six, that this is the beginning of a new era of Doctor Who. You know what you might have, but every time we we tease something at the end of an episode or say something like we don't remember no. we're too lazy to remember what we said previously it's right in the title yeah the the um the new era is that we're now in 625 lines of resolution <laughs> as opposed to 405 res, uh, lines of resolution mm-hmm. um because the bbc upped their up their game when it came to transmitting doctor who so we're we are going to be on 625 line doctor who until 2005 no duh not even 2005 um 2009 planet of the dead i'm pretty sure we did talk about this because this is all sort of coming back to me so for if you have discovered lazy doctor who um <clears throat> somewhere in the future yeah. but like later than 2018 uh, or later in 2018 and you are binging it apologies for probably repeating ourselves boom and boom but let, let's face it though this is the kind of information i bore you with anyway <laughs> without the mm-hmm. uh framing of a podcast around it I wouldn't say bore. It's, you just tell me a lot of things, yes. I do. I have no one else to tell. Apart <laughs> from you, dear listeners. Mm-hmm. Enemy of the world. Do you? Uh, I still get a, a frisson when I watch the opening minutes mm-hmm. of this and my mind flashes back to o- October 9th, 2013 when I rushed home from work because it was coming out on iTunes at midnight UK time at 5 o'clock. Uh, our time and buying it and <clears throat> excuse me downloading it and having to watch the first three or four minutes to make sure it wasn't some joke mm-hmm. or some telesnap reconstruction do, do you remember watching enemy of the world for the first time i do i hope we haven't already talked about this we probably have we might have uh but yeah i was uh, it was before i moved to canada and i was living at my friend wendy's condo and yeah, I was in my bedroom and bringing it up on my computer attached to my TV. And yeah, I I cried during the opening credits. Wow, that yeah. that much really? I didn't know that actually. Oh yeah, I was so. I feel like you did know that, but anyway. Um. <laughs> it's for the purpose of the podcast, at least I didn't know that. <laughs> Tell me more. 
Um, yeah, it was just... I hadn't even really been in on the whole like missing episode hunt all that much except for through you a little bit. Um, As I say, I bore you with things outside of a podcast. <laughs> even from 1,500 miles away. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just knowing that these were, that this was a story that that nobody necessarily expected to be able to see, mm-hmm. uh, but was something that people were really excited about and you know, Second Doctor is so underrepresented, and especially the Jamie and Victoria companion duo. And yeah, just there was so much. Is it possible that it actually come back for for a while beforehand? That when when it was it was announced and it actually got released, it was just I don't know. It, it was it was really emotionally overwhelming for me. I I sometimes get. Um, like nostalgia by proxy or <laughs> excitement by proxy and it was it was the same kind of thing like sometimes i feel like i'm a little overly empathetic to the other people in my in my life or in my fandom so i mean i was definitely excited for myself to be watching this but i think mostly i was just excited for the world of doctor who fandom to have this to have this gift to have this back so i was i was i was verklempt and overwhelmed and yeah i i got weepy during the opening credits in 2013 in 2013 not this time it was still exciting because i still kind of have that same feeling but i've watched this story <laughs> more <clears throat> recently yeah. than i have a lot of other stories that i've seen more times so this it, it didn't really feel like discovering something fresh and new it was just revisiting something that i watched i don't know just a couple months ago for verity i think yeah you watched it for verity because of um astrid farrier mm-hmm. who's played by mary peach and i always want to say that the care the character's name is mary peach because that seems more of a fictitious name than astrid farrier you know it does yeah uh but i i watched it obviously in october of 2013 then when the dvd came out i watched it then uh then for verity you watched and i was there too and then i think we did a commentary for it on rfs too Mm. and then doctor who on twitch was just like was last month yep um, so this feels really, really <laughs> surprisingly fresh, doesn't it? Yeah, it's 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 fun though. It you know it's a story that I really love. Mm-hmm. Um, I had never listened to the audio version before it was returned, uh, so my first viewing experience of it was in 2013 when it came back, and I just just loved the heck out of it. I mean, it's for me it's kind of easy to see why just watching episode one. It's so exciting right off the bat i mean you know the doctor is adorable and frolicking in the waves and victoria is frightened <sighs> again and then uh and jamie's laughing and and then suddenly it's it's a, it's a chase and there's exciting music that reminds me of like a little bit of the music from labyrinth oh, during a part where they're running <laughs> right. anyway uh it's just and then and then astrid swoops in in her helicopter and there's there's you know it's a little bit slow when they're in the helicopter because it's just helicoptering for right. a while um but i love, love the doctor explaining what a helicopter is to jamie by just using multiple different <laughs> words for the same thing like that's helpful yeah oh doctor it's, you know a whirly bird you know. like no he doesn't why would he how could yeah. he uh it's it's ridiculous maybe the doctor doesn't quite understand what terms jamie would understand the doctor's not stupid he would no. know that jamie had never seen a helicopter and victoria is frightened of it of course it's, it's almost like victoria is the concerned mom and jamie is the uh carefree dad and the doctor is actually 
um, the kid in this relationship. You know, and he's the one that runs out in the sea and jumps around, you know. I think that's probably why he resonated with uh, with kids a lot because, you know, there's this grown-up, the oldest person in the room and the smartest person in the room who was, like, uh, being the most childlike. He wants to build sandcastles. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they didn't get a chance though because the Hovercraft came. Yeah. And what must be the most expensive episode of Dark. It's funny. I think Barry Letts, who directed this, Barry Letts directed this mm. episode. And I think he's probably said uh, in the past how when he was a director on Doctor Who, he could bring in uh, a helicopter and location filming and a hovercraft. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there was no one to say, no, you can't do that. And then when he was producer of Doctor Who, the director of the Ambassadors of Death, Michael Ferguson, brought in helicopters and bomb squads and all that sort of thing. And Barry Letts said, oh, sure, we'll do this. Oh, right, I have to pay for this now. I didn't have to pay for it five years ago or three years ago when I was directing Doctor Who. Yeah. So, yeah, Barry Letts, future pro- uh, producer of Doctor Who, makes his entry into the Doctor Who world here. And I'll save that anecdote for another episode, which is a tease. Uh-oh. You're not gonna you're not gonna remember it for a future episode, or you'll tell it now and you'll tell it in a future episode. Tricky. You, the look on your face, like you're thinking really hard about uh, whether you should whether you should tell this anecdote. You might as well just tell it now. So during the making of this episode, the story rather, um, Patrick Troughton and, and Barry Letts had to sit down, and and Troughton was saying, "I'm tired. This is like just the the." Mm-hmm. The run, the workload on Doctor Who is just, you know, it's there. Like, there's a lot of film in this Mm -hmm. episode, for instance. And in these days, they had to do all their pre-filming on basically days off or rehearsal days from the previous story. So basically, when they were shooting Ice Warriors Episode 6, before it, basically, or during rehearsals, they had to pull out the three regulars go on location probably for a day because they're in a lot of footage in this episode and shoot scenes for the next episode then immediately go back and resume work on the episode that they're currently working on and this and this workload was just completely strenuous for Troughton and he says that I don't think I can do it anymore I might you know he was it was getting bad at this point and Barry Letts I think said you know you should demand fewer episodes essentially is what they mm-hmm. said and um i think it led to we'll talk about the mine robber later on but i think it led into basically a little bit of a mini protest during then and then the last series of doctor who that Troughton made was only 35 episodes but they took 10 10 episodes from the previous season to, to hold over on season six so barry let's basically um started the trend by talking with Patrick Troughton about you should lower the episode number. Mm-hmm. So by the time Let's comes back to Doctor Who to become producer, it's now a much more truncated season for mm-hmm. and for him to work with. It's almost like Let's was planting the seeds for his own <laughs> arrival on the scene in two years' time. Wow. Yeah. Cool. All right. Note to self, Stephen already told that. I already told the tale about the Troughton thing. Mm-hmm. Mental note. I'll forget this anyway. I hope you enjoy hearing this tale yet again on... Oh, the Mind Robber, the Space Pirates, <laughs> other episodes to come. Yep. Yeah. Anything else about this? We didn't talk much about the episode so far, as we often do during episodes one of a new story. Mm-hmm. Um, I I also really liked that you go into this not really knowing what's going on. And, you know, there's three guys that want to kill the doctor and we don't know why. And then there's this woman with 
badass outfit and some sweet boots that go like way up to mid thigh. And I love her hair and her outfit. And she's just great. And uh, and she wants to save him. And she's got a boss who also wants wants a doctor to be saved. And but they think he's somebody else, or maybe at the first you're like maybe they even know who the doctor is. Like mm. you, you don't know. No. It's very very cleverly written. And um and then you find out no 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 he just he just looks like somebody. And the guys who wanted to kill him work for the work for for Astrid and mm-hmm. for but, but they didn't want him to be killed so it's just like who is doing what and why and and you don't really understand the motivations but the performances are all really really good and strong and interesting and you know Giles Kent seems like such a good dude except that then at the end of the episode he has basically forced the doctor in which is a super ballsy move because what if what if the doctor was not good at doing accents or you know like I, I suppose for Giles Kent there's not a lot to lose because because Giles can just pretend oh I really believed it was him mm-hmm. or not whatever um, but yeah there's the, the the chances of of it working seem pretty slim considering the difference in the uh, the accents and stuff and yeah and watching the doctor sort of get won over to to trying to do this like you can see that that jamie and victoria know it's going to happen mm-hmm. well before the doctor actually capitulates and agrees because you know he's he likes a challenge he likes to pretend to be somebody else he has done that multiple times and he immediately starts going into the accent and trying to figure it out and oh of course he knows he's from the yucatan and and yeah, and like, you know, Jamie's like, well, he doesn't look like you, doctor. And Victoria's like, yes, just like you. <laughs> the, her de- her like deadpan delivery there on that line was the best. That was that was a great strong moment. Um, I also like when she yells back at Bruce. Don't mm-hmm. yell at me. Um, it's still a little timid compared to earlier Victoria, but it's, it's all right. Right. Um, and... Uh, what else was I going to say? There's there's just so much. Oh, yeah. Um, the doctor is skeptical about what he's being told yeah. by Giles Kent because, you know, all of the actual evidence he has in front of him watching Salamander talk, like, he, he must be a genius because he invented this great sun solar catcher thing and has saved the world. So there's no good reason for him to believe what Giles Kent is saying. Um, except that Astrid has amazing hair, so you should probably, mm-hmm. you know, trust somebody who has yeah. Astrid working for you. He said the great Canadian wheat plans are safe. That's right. <laughs> Woohoo! We yeah. we actually cheered. There was definitely definite cheering on the Doctor Who couch when we learned that the great Canadian wheat plans are safe in 2018, which they are. Yep. Although it turns out there's a lot more canola um, than wheat. <laughs> a thing that I didn't know until I moved here hashtag fun fact <laughs> that's that's about canada i don't tell you about that i only tell you about boring <laughs> doctor who things what i what i like is that it's it's somewhat meta in a way when you know uh giles kent says quick you got like two minutes to become salamander and so he shoves him in a room and stuff and then uh um i just blanked on his name tall guy colin douglas plays him um the bruce, bruce. um thank you um he comes in and you know they have a conversation I, they do a quick little cutaway, which I think uh, to a close-up of Bruce, which disguises the recording break. But apart from that, it's essentially 
Bruce coming in while the doctor is changing into salamander, mm-hmm. but really it's Bruce coming in while Patrick Troughton changes into his salamander costume because mm-hmm. they basically did that in real time as well. It's kind of um, it's kind of very meta in that way, the way Doctor Who was made back then. Yeah, I wondered about that. Yep. Yeah. And Be- then of course the doctor comes out and manages, <clears throat> you know, at the end, just one line mm-hmm. in the in the accent, and you don't know if it's going to work or not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because you know the way they made Doctor Who back in these days, it was still like you know one episode a week. And like, you know, three or four recording breaks per episode. They didn't have a lot of time to sort of... Mm-hmm. So the the fact that they actually attempted a double episode, you know, a, two parts in one episode kind of like this. Like in The Massacre, for instance, you might remember William Hartnell plays the Doctor in episode one. Then he disappears for episode two. He's back as the Abbot mm-hmm. in episode three never appears as the doctor and then in episode four he's the doctor again because the switch around between different costumes is kind of impossible so here we see salamander but he's on film Mm -hmm. on the back projected film there and then as you saw he's not actually salamander he is the doctor playing salamander Mm -hmm. so they they do these kind of little head fakes and and sort of ways around uh the Mm -hmm. fact that the lead actor is playing two major roles Mm -hmm. Except this time, like you said, it's not actually a head fake. It's just like it would be if it was yes. a uh, an on-stage production. Mm-hmm. Like, the doctor needs enough time to change into the salamander costume. Patrick Troughton needs enough time to change, as the doctor needs enough time to change into the salamander costume. So that's exactly what happens. So you get you get Bruce sort of strutting around and saying, you know, I can be here anytime I want. And I love, I love the line where he says, uh, do they know who I am? And Giles Kent is like, yes. He's like, oh, pity. I like hearing you say it. <laughs> uh-huh. oh, they, they very clearly uh, do not love each other in any way, shape or form. Oh, um, one of the reasons that this story feels so fresh is because I just listened to the Dwitwer episode about it. Doctor Who, the writer's room, uh, just covered it. And Eric and Kyle, they did kind of a cool thing. They first listened to it because for a long time that was the only way to consume this story. And then they watched it uh, and then they talked about it. So it's an entire episode of the podcast about this one Doctor Who story, which is really neat. And one of the things that they pointed out was the fact that the Doctor has this question like, okay... If Salamander is such a bad guy and you are clearly out to get him, uh-huh. why hasn't he come after you if he's killed all of these other people? And he, he points out that uh, the testimony of a dead man carries the same legal weight mm-hmm. as, a, as a, a, a live person. So uh, having him alive and discredited is better than having him, him dead and having his testimony stand if, uh, if anything should happen. So that was just, that's a really cool way to avoid a, a giant loophole or a giant plot hole. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and yeah, that was neat. It's clever. I haven't listened to that episode, mostly because I didn't need to be inundated with more Enemy of the World before we recorded this podcast. There are a few things I've I've held on. That podcast, watching the official recon that BritBox made for uh, Wheel in Space, which is coming up later on mm. in Patrick Troughton's run. I haven't watched that yet because I've been saving it for this podcast. So wow. it's always an impetus to sort of keep going with this show so I can watch things and listen to things. Yeah, I had kind of had forgotten how close we were to the enemy of the world so i just went for it plus i like to listen to that podcast when it comes out so good work so yeah i did and and this is you know there was a little part of me that was like 
when we decided to do it for Verity and knowing where we were in the run of things at the time for Lazy Doctor Who, I was like, oh man, like I'm just going to have to watch, turn around and watch this again real quick. I mean, certainly in comparison to how often I watch other Doctor Who stuff, like really, really quick. And I don't mind because it's, it's just, it's so far just very fun and it, it pace wise, it really cooks along. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we'll find out if that pace continues in episode two, mm-hmm. where we say all the same things we said this episode, <laughs> except in a new way. Sure. Maybe maybe not. Well, Hopefully we'll get back to it before a month so we can remember better. I'm sure we will, even with all the work and travel we have in the next mm-hmm. month or so. Why would you have just said that? Don't say that. Don't say things like that. I won't. Mm-hmm. We'll be up next with Enemy of the World, parts two, two through two, six. Two, <laughs> six. I was going to say through something, but you're, oh boy, you're the worst. We won't do that. (laughs) I hope not. No. Okay. Goodbye. Goodbye.